New Orleans Saints head coach Dennis Allen is the single most important Saint this week going up against the Los Angeles Rams on Thursday night. We got all that and a little bit of land yap for you on today's episode of Locked on Saints. You are Locked on Saints, your daily New Orleans Saints podcast, part of the Locked on Podcast Network, your team every day. What is good, Houdat Nation and Houdat family? Welcome in to another episode of Locked on Saints, your daily podcast covering your favorite team, the New Orleans Saints, part of Locked on Podcast Network, your team every day. I'm your host, Ross Jackson, credentialed media member covering your New Orleans Saints, the senior writer and reporter over at Saints News Network. And on today's episode of Locked on Saints, we're going to be taking a look at how the Saints can actually outlive a loss against the Rams on Thursday night by taking a look at their playoff odds, playoff chances, and playoff scenarios. We're also going to be taking a look at the Rams' offense as a whole. We'll get to their run game and how their run game helps to define everything that they do on the offensive side. And to kick everything off today, we're going to take a look at head coach Dennis Allen, who is absolutely going to be the most important New Orleans Saint this weekend, or this week rather, going up against the Los Angeles Rams. I'll tell you why. Appreciate you being an everydayer and making Locked on Saints your first listen of the day. Every day, today's episode of Locked on Saints is brought to you by friends at Game Time. Download the Game Time app into the promo code LOCKEDONNFL. Get $20 off of your first purchase. Last-minute tickets, lowest price guaranteed. So, New Orleans Saints head coach Dennis Allen is undoubtedly the most important aspect of a win or loss against the Los Angeles Rams. Because let's just be honest here. It's going to be Dennis Allen's scheme on defense up against Sean McVay's scheme over on offense. And the Sean McVay scheme on offense for the Los Angeles Rams this year is vastly different than the scheme they brought to New Orleans just about a year ago. Dennis Allen's defense built on disguise and surprise. Sean McVay's offense built on disguise and surprise. Who disguises best? Who surprises more? That's who is going to win this game. This is coming down to Dennis Allen versus Sean McVay. Now, it's all going to come down to the players and their ability to be able to execute as well. If the Los Angeles Rams have the game plan in place but can't execute properly for whatever reason, advantage Saints. If Dennis Allen has the scheme in place and has the game plan in place, but the players struggle to tackle, struggle with lane integrity, struggle to get to the quarterback or take the quarterback down when they get to him, advantage Los Angeles Rams. That's the way that this game is going to work. Now, don't get me wrong. Veteran players on the field are going to be massively important as well. Demario Davis helped to set a tone big time over the defensive side that helped to spur not only the defense, but the offense uh, in his first 11 plays or so going up against the New York Giants. That type of start will be needed again, but also his mind, right? His ability to communicate with the defense, the things that he has seen before and him being ready for this Los Angeles Rams offense going to be integral to the New Orleans Saints ability to be able to execute over on the defensive side. Same thing goes for Tyron Matthew on the back end. And of course, rookie safety, Jordan Howden, his ability to communicate is absolutely going to be tested in this game. And he's going to have to be able to get those calls right, relay that information. And even if he doesn't get the calls right, he's got to do it with the confidence to make sure that the players are where they need to be at the very, very least. He's done a good job of that so far, but this is a real opportunity for a rookie Maybe crawl into a shell a little bit because of the fear of making a mistake. Jordan Howden cannot be that player this week. When he communicates, he has to communicate as if everything is mistake-free until proven otherwise. And then 
do it again and again and again for some 60 plays or whatever over on defense. So what is it about the Los Angeles Rams offense that makes things so complicated? Let's start with the passing game. And a big part of the reason why the passing game is so complicated to track when it comes to the Los Angeles Rams is because they do everything out of the same personnel group. About 91% of their offense is run out of 11 personnel, one running back, one tight end, three wide receivers. Now, sometimes those players, the running back, the tight end, the wide receivers will change. Sometimes Tutu Atwell is in, sometimes he's out, and Demarcus Robinson is in. Sometimes Puka Nakua is in, sometimes he's out, and Demarcus Robinson comes in for him. Sometimes Tyler Higby is in, sometimes another tight end comes in. Sometimes running back Kyron Williams is in, sometimes another running back comes in, right? So they'll change who the personnel is on an individual player basis, but the personnel grouping is effectively the same unless they're in the goal line or inside their own five with their backs pinned up against the wall. One running back, one tight end, four wide or three wide receivers. The other thing that they'll vary up are their uh, formations. So where those players line up will change, but the personnel grouping itself will be the same. But the Rams do run a lot of their offense out of condensed packages, meaning that the player that is furthest away from the center on offense, the wide receiver that's furthest outside is still actually within the numbers. And maybe the receivers on the other side are a little bit tighter in. This allows them to be able to run both run plays and passing plays out of the exact same look with the exact same personnel or grouping and the exact same individual personnel. So everything that you hear that the Los Angeles Rams do works for their run game and works for their passing game. Puka Nakua, Cooper Cup, Tutu Atwell, all three guys, motion guys, good receivers, good route runners, can, can uphold in the, uh, in, in the run game as run blockers. Tyler Higby, tight end, can go out there, run some routes for you, can be sneaky, can catch some passes, but can block. The Rams will run out of under center looks as well as shotgun looks with their running backs, but then they'll also run play action out of their under center looks and their shotgun looks. That's a big change for the Los Angeles Rams who used to almost exclusively run their play action plays from under center only. Now they've expanded and now they're running and running play action out of shotgun as well. And Matthew Stafford, particularly early on in the season and here recently in the year, there's a little bit of a gap in the middle, a little bit of a bell curve, if you will, really the other way, um, of Matthew Stafford being particularly effective in play action from shotgun. Okay. So these are going to be things that you're going to want to pay attention to, but it's going to be hard for you to track and know what to expect from this Los Angeles Rams offense. And that's going to be the same for the New Orleans Saints defense. So disguise versus disguise. The New Orleans Saints have to be able to come out and force the Rams to maybe mistake what it is that the Saints are doing coverage-wise over on the defensive side to force them into some turnover-worthy passes. They're going to have to rake, scratch, punch at the football whenever there's a ball carrier with the ball in their hands. Turnovers are going to be big and are going to play a humongous role in this game. If the Saints do not force a turnover, they will not win this game, plain and simple. This is a big part of why Dennis Allen is so important this week, because he's got to build the scheme. He's got to coach them up to the execution, and he's got to remind this team to go after the football and to make plays on the football. And sometimes you do that with risk. Sometimes you do that in safe situations, but no matter what, the Saints have to get that done. The other thing that you're looking for here too, is that the Saints have got to be able to get pressure on Matthew Stafford. 
That has always been the formula against Matt Stafford. That has not changed this year. His passer rating has plummeted, you know, 20 points whenever he's pressured, all these other things. And particularly pressuring him with your front four and without blitzing is going to take you a long way as well. The Saints have shown over the last two games that they can pressure, but this is going to be the game where they get the opportunity to prove it over on the defensive line. 25 pressures against the Giants, 24 pressures against the Panthers. However, only 10 pressures against Detroit, only six pressures against Atlanta. Much better offensive lines, Detroit and Atlanta. Los Angeles, not the best offensive line, but certainly up there in conversation as a top 10 offensive line, which the Giants and the Panthers are far from. So if the Saints want to be able to show that they can generate pressure, this is the game to do it, as it will reap dividends for them big time in this game going up against the Rams, but also proves that the recent outbursts that we have seen in terms of production in the pass rush is not just a mirage against two bad offensive lines and instead is a playoff ready pass rush scheme. Those are going to be huge for the New Orleans Saints. Next up, we're going to take a look at the run game, get into a little bit of motion conversation and how it is that the Rams build their offense off of their run game and how the New Orleans Saints can disrupt that. We got that coming up for you as we continue on with today's episode of Locked on Saints, part of Locked on Podcast Network, your team every day. Today's episode of Locked on Saints is brought to you by our friends at Game Time. The Game Time app is the absolute place that you should go to be checking out some of these ticket prices, whether you're traveling for a Saints game, whether you're looking for tickets for that week 18 game against the Atlanta Falcons, which could have humongous playoff implications for the New Orleans Saints at the end of the year. Once that game actually has a date and time, you'll be able to find all of it, even deals up to an hour after kickoff. If you're here in New Orleans over at the Game Time app at kickoff against the uh, New York Giants, there were $1 tickets that you could find on Game Time. Incredible. So make sure you go and check them out today. Game time is the place to be. So download the Game Time app today, create an account, and use the promo code Locked On NFL for $20 off of your first purchase. Terms apply. Again, create an account and use that promo code Locked On NFL, L O C K E D O N N F L for $20 off. Download Game Time today. Last minute tickets, lowest price guaranteed. All right, family, continuing on with today's episode of Locked on Saints. Appreciate you for making Locked on Saints your first listen of the day every day. And thank you for being an everyday and joining us here for another episode. Um, so I want to take a look at the, the Rams run game because the, the Rams build everything that they do over on the offensive side effectively off of their run game. And the New Orleans Saints might actually have the secret weapon to get ahead of what it is that the Rams love to do in the run game because their assistant offensive line coach, Kevin Carberry, who works with Doug Marone as the offensive line coach and working on the Saints offensive line staff, is the former offensive line coach of the Los Angeles Rams. So he knows very well what it is that the Rams want to do. Now, as I mentioned, there are things that the Rams, there are things that the Rams do right now that are different from what they did last year, no doubt about it. But the run game is one of the things that's maybe a little bit more consistent, running a little bit more out of shotgun, no doubt about that. And then, of course, uh, figuring out their principles in terms of actually running a little bit more man or gap scheme, meaning I, as the offensive line, block you, the defensive lineman, because you're in front of me and that's my responsibility, as opposed to the wide zone or mid zone run scheme that the Rams were using previously. Right now, the Rams are leading the NFL 
in man or gap scheme run percentage at 56.7%. We never used to talk about the Rams that way. But the way that they do it is something that Kevin Carberry would be very, very familiar with. And that is utilizing one play, not necessarily just one play, but they, their, their kind of base run or their, their primary run play is called a duo run. So this is a run play that utilizes along the offensive line, double teams to try to sort of displace the defensive line. That then creates an opportunity for the running back to key in on one key player that they have to watch out for. Usually the uh, the linebacker on the play side. Now, the thing that's really nice about this play for a defense is that when you run it, and the, the Rams will run this a lot, it is always run to the side of the field where the tight end is. Otherwise, the numbers just don't work, right? So you have a, a, a tight end that's in line that ends up helping to take away some safety on the outside, some uh, nickel linebacker on the outside, something like that. And then the running back's job is that within their first three steps, they have to run effectively between the guard and the center and look for that gap or be ready to cut back to outside where the tight end is going to crash down. So what you're looking for is where does the linebacker that's unblocked directly in front of you, they will run directly at that linebacker. And within that first three steps, try to diagnose is, the, is that linebacker breaking towards the outside? Or is that linebacker breaking towards the inside? If the linebacker breaks towards the inside, the running back goes out. If the linebacker breaks towards the outside, the running back goes in. If the run, if the linebacker tries to wrap around or something like that, then you know they have to they have two gaps to choose from in that case. So you'll have a lot of opportunities as a running back within your first three steps to be able to process that and get things going. This is a part of what Kyron Williams said is one of those things that makes the offense look really, really complex. However, once you understand it, it makes it very, very easy for a running back to understand that's the hole that I'm going for. Here's about the time that it takes for it to open up. Here's how much time I have to make the decision. So you have to disrupt the timing, meaning getting into the backfield as quickly as possible, one thing, and the other is by effectively having the players be able to uh, 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 bounce and react or change, read and react, kind of get that running back stuck in the backfield quite a bit. So Demario Davis and Pete Werner are going to be really, really important in this matchup because those are going to be the guys that the running back is reading, right? Running right at Pete Werner, running right at Demario Davis, waiting to see is Demario Davis going to the inside or the outside, and then I'm picking my gap based on what the gap that he doesn't pick. So if you're able to fool me or if you're able to beat me to the punch in either case to where I don't get two steps until you're already you know, tackling me, then boom, right? The Saints win that rep. The other thing though, is going to be that there will always be an unblocked outside either corner or nickel safety or nickel linebacker on the outside. So what that means is that that player has to make that tackle. Because what will happen is that Demario Davis, let's say, will fit his run fit, which will be right on the inside, right, to take away that, that A-gap run, the A-gap between the center and the guard, forcing the running back to go to the outside. That running back's responsibility then is to beat the unblocked defender on the backside, on the play side. And so that could be Jordan Howden, that could be Isaac Yadam, that could be Paul Sinadibo, that could be Pete Werner, that could be Nephi Sewell, that could be Zach Bond, that could be Tyron Matthew, right? Like the Saints move everybody around so much that there's any number of players that, that could end up being. And in every case, whoever that player is has to make the tackle. They have to make the stop on Kyron Williams. Kyron Williams has rushed for over 100 yards, and I think it's four of the last five games. 
going over 140 yards in three of the last five games. He's been incredible here recently. And one of the reasons why is because of his processing power. This is not the Minnesota Vikings backfield, very that are kind of slow processors, right? This is a high-level processing back that has a lot of finesse to him, that's not the easiest to tackle, that will end up putting you in situations to where you know he's running past you before you realize that he has the football, those kinds of things. So with that safety unblocked over on the outside, they have to be able to win those one-on-one. So this is again a week to where the... Um, to where the outside ability and perimeter run defense, outside tackling ability, excuse me, and perimeter run defense becomes really, really important in this one. Um, the, the Rams don't have as much of a split in outside run versus inside run as like the Giants did, for instance, who love to run to the outside and then just for whatever reason didn't do it against New Orleans. Um, the Rams are pretty even split in terms of whether they're running you know, to the guard, whether they're running to the center, or whether they're running outside the tackle. They're really, really good at kind of varying all that up. They're really, really good at varying up left and right as well. And again, they'll use that same look, the inline tight end with the wide receiver tight to the outside, run a little bit of that motion with the wide receiver so that the, mo- so that the wide receiver goes from the run strength side of the offense to the pass strength side of the offense, joining the other two wide receivers over on that side. And so your defense starts to shift a little bit over to that side, and then they run that same play right outside the tight end where you're able to maybe get a little bit towards the outside, and you can win that one-on-one against the smaller tackler over on the outside, things like that. So really, the biggest thing for New Orleans in this game is going to be no missed tackles, right? Not no missed tackles, but making the tackles, right? And, and, And bringing running backs down on contact. A lot of yards after contact for this Uh, Los Angeles Rams team, you can't let that happen if you are the New Orleans Saints. And so watch for the motion, which will be a part of what it is they do. They run, like I said, 60.3% of their snaps, they run motion. Um, And they like to create the illusion of complexity. That's a big phrase that gets thrown around around the McVay system, illusion of complexity. And this is a big thing that gets added to all that. The really interesting thing too is how this ends up feeding into their run game. Like I said, they build off of this in their run game. Sometimes they'll have a receiver on the pass strength side, motion him to the run strength side, and they've even had Puka Nakua release for a route from the backfield between the tackle and the tight end. So he's running and releasing not as a wide receiver on the outside, he's running and releasing in the C-gap and running a dig route or running an out route and things like that. So there's a lot of those little pieces that end up having some major impacts for what the Rams set up in their run game and then how they're able to utilize that to kind of cause some confusion and set up a look that actually takes you into pass defense as opposed to run defense. It's going to always be run first for the New Orleans Saints defense in this game, but you have to be ready for the wrinkles that Sean McVay and this uh, Los Angeles Rams offense throw at you. Uh, The more that Saints fans watch this game on Thursday night, I'm convinced, the more that they're going to know exactly what they want to see from the New Orleans Saints next year over on the offensive side of the football. All right, coming up next, let's take a look at why the Saints can actually, thanks to their win against the Giants, afford a loss to the Los Angeles Rams, but why it's so important for this team to win out and keep their playoff hopes alive. We've got that coming up for you as we continue on and wrap up today's episode of Locked on Saints, part of Locked on Podcast Network, your team every day. Today's episode of Locked on Saints is brought to you by our friends at LinkedIn Jobs. LinkedIn Jobs helps you find the qualified candidates you want to talk to faster and for free, and especially these days when it can become very challenging, especially as a small business, to get the 
the, the pool of candidates that you're looking for to make sure that you're getting the right professionals to fit your team, not only from like an experience standpoint, but also from a culture standpoint. So maybe you want to get some early screening questions to them and things like that. LinkedIn gives you the additional tools to help making hiring easier for your small business and can even get involved before you ever post your job and helping you write job descriptions as well, making that process super easy and much quicker, allowing you to be able to get that job description and job posting out to over a billion different professionals within their network. Hiring is easy when you have that many qualified candidates. So post your job for free today at linkedin.com slash locked on NFL. That's linkedin.com slash locked on NFL to post your job for free. Terms and conditions apply. Let's get it, Houdat Nation. Wrapping up today's episode of Locked on Saints with a look at why it is that the New Orleans Saints can actually afford a loss, or let me say outlive a loss, to the Los Angeles Rams thanks to the win that they got against the New York Giants. So the Rams, the Bucks, the Seahawks, and the Falcons are kind of the Saints' most immediate competitors when it comes to their last opportunities to get to the playoffs. The Rams, excuse me, the Bucks and the Falcons are most important when it comes to winning the division, getting the number four seed, hosting a wild card team in the playoffs, all those other things. But then also getting the number seven seed uh, is a possibility for New Orleans, at least right now. That's where guys or teams like the Los Angeles Rams and the Seattle Seahawks come into play. Right now, the Rams and the Seahawks tied with the Saints at seven and seven, as well as the Bucks. Um, and uh, if, if you're not really worried about the wild card spot, then a loss to the Rams doesn't really end anything for you. So let's take a look at the Saints' playoff chances here. 41% that they make the playoffs, 28% of that is that they're division champions, 13% of that is that they're wildcard champions. So better, there's, there's about a uh, twice as likely, it's twice as likely that the Saints, if they make the playoffs, that they make it as a number four seed as opposed to the number seven seed. Those are kind of the two seeds that they're in in, in competition with. Now, if the Saints win against the Rams, their playoff odds boost up Big time, 73%. Um, the, the, the variation or, or the ratio between as wild card uh, versus as division winner remains the same, but both boost up considerably. Uh, so look, you'll take a 73% chance going into your final two games up against the uh, Bucks and the Falcons, but that 73% chance means nothing if you drop the games to the Bucks and the Falcons. If you lose this game against the Los Angeles Rams, it's going to plummet the odds for a week. But then if you win out after that and get the two wins against the Bucks and against the Falcons, then all of a sudden you're in. You're in at that point. That's what it takes. And you get that number four seed. Now, some of that is going to depend. I think it's about 80%. Some of that's going to depend upon, you know, what happens with the Bucks. Do they continue to win out? Do they finish with a better record than the Saints in that case? All those other things. But that doesn't seem likely considering that the Saints would beat them on the way to it. They maybe, maybe need to drop one more game, but that's still very possible. Now, if the Saints were to win out and win this game against the Los Angeles Rams, win next week against the Bucs in Tampa, and then win the week after that back at home against the Falcons, which by the way, Desmond Ritter, no longer the starter in Atlanta, at least going into this week, benched again, this time for Taylor Heineke after that embarrassing 9-7 to loss to the uh, Carolina Panthers. But the best case scenario for New Orleans is that no matter what happens for their game, that the Bucs drop their game to the Jaguars, who the Saints also lost to earlier in the season. And at the Falcons drop their game to the Colts, who the Saints beat earlier in the season. And that just kind of levels everything out. If the Bucs and the Falcons lose this weekend and the Saints win, their playoff chances get even better, right? I think they, they step into the 80% conversation at that point. But if they lose 
and also the Bucks and the Falcons lose, then it's a net nothing at this point. And then it all comes down to the Saints still controlling their own destiny weeks 17 and 18. And this is where things are maybe a little bit different for the New Orleans Saints right now versus where they've been here recently, right? Recently, they've been in situations where they're sitting at home and they're watching to see if another team wins or loses so that they then creep into the playoffs. Well, with the exception of last year, of course. But they've been in that situation a little bit too much where they're at home watching and waiting to see what's going to happen. For New Orleans, this time, they control their destiny. They lose this game, they control their destiny. They win this game, they control their destiny. So there's a chance that the Saints, thanks to their win against the Giants, that if they lose this game against the Rams, that they could still end up in the playoffs. In fact, there's a big chance that that happens because then they control still everything that goes on if they beat the Bucs and they beat the Falcons. Now, they would need a little bit of help, but if they could get that help this week. And the, the Bucs do not have an easy job this weekend knocking off the Jacksonville Jaguars. So if they don't get that done, then it all comes down to can the Saints beat the Bucs? Can the Saints beat the Falcons? That's what you're going to see coming into this upcoming game. So that's what I'm looking for for this one. Um, they can afford and they can absorb uh, a loss against the Rams. You just don't want it, right? You want to make things as easy as possible. And if you want to make things as easy as possible, you got to win out. And that's what you need to see. And it all starts this week in just a couple of days against the Los Angeles Rams with Dennis Allen versus Sean McVay, the most important matchup of this entire game. And it could be the most important matchup of Dennis Allen's current career as well. I don't think he's going anywhere, no matter what happens with the Saints. But boy, I'll tell you what, it sure would feel a lot more comfortable. And I think even some fans would be swayed if he goes out there and puts up a big performance over on the defensive side against Sean McVay. Not everybody, but I do think that some people would be impacted by that. I appreciate you, as always, y'all, for being here for another episode of Locked on Saints. If you're making us your first listen of the day, every day. Coming up on tomorrow's show, we're flipping the script here, okay? Continuing to get ready for this game. Going to kind of be a little bit of a game day, Jackson 5 day, but we're going to be focused on the New Orleans Saints offense and what they have to do against the Los Angeles Rams defense. And here's the question that I'm going to ask you to think about before tomorrow's show. Do you think that the New Orleans Saints offense could outpace and beat the New Orleans Saints defense? Because in a lot of metrics, that's probably about what you're going to see from a production standpoint this weekend. But the scheme makes it all very, very different in its own unique conversation. We'll check that out tomorrow. For your second listen today, though, make sure you go and check out as well, Locked on Pelicans, Locked on LSU. Continue to support uh, our Locked on Louisiana folks right here. Locked on Louisiana versus all y'all. I appreciate you very much, everybody, for making me a part of your day, part of your routine, for saying yes to me on the show. As always, if you see me, please say hi. And if you need anything else around your New Orleans Saints in between these episodes, make sure you follow me on your favorite social media, at Ross Jackson, N-O-L-A. Hit me up. Let me know how the family's doing. Let me know how you're living. Let me know how you're mom and them. And trust you, that nation, I'll holla at you.